This episode is brought to you by America's Rehab Campus. Get on the road to recovery with the best rehab in beautiful Arizona. Dial 1-833-272-7342. That's 1-833-ARC-REHAB. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned in to the Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Rcast. My name is Buddha. I'm Vance. I'm Michaela. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's a beautiful day today. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you guys to put your hands together. We have a very, very special guest. She came all the way from Phoenix, right? Is that where you came from? Florida. Florida. From Florida. Florida. Oh, man. Okay, wow. standing ovation then. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up to Miss Marnie. All right. Woo-hoo. I just got a call from Florida. Yeah? Yes. What's going on in Florida? Good question. <laughs> Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Got a good energy about you. Got the smile going. Man, that's awesome. How are you feeling today? Doing great. Excited to be here in Arizona. I think I'm potentially coming at the busiest time of the year. I was told... Oh, man. Uh... By Matt, we you got Barrett Jackson going, and then we got the Waste Management Open and, and the Super Bowl. So, you know, I mean, if I'm going to come out, I might as well come out when all the when tourists are here, happen. right? I mean, this Yeah, for it. sure. <laughs> Look, see the call that came in? West Palm Beach. Oh, man. We got Vance right here in the studio. He's always busy doing stuff, <laughs> staying busy with the clients, man, handling business. What are you up to in Florida? Getting people into treatment. Getting people into treatment. That's like we cool. do here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's cool. So, I mean, this is awesome. I know we got you scheduled on here. You came a long way. I know you're a huge sports fan. You know I what am, I mean? I am. So were you born and raised in Florida? No, I'm actually um, from Portland, Maine originally. I, I stayed there right through college and uh, worked a few years after until I, I met my husband there, who's in profo- uh, professional baseball. He's in oh. League baseball. So. Oh, dang. You want yep. to name drop for us? What's his name? Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Bowles is, is his name. And I, I met him when he was with the Boston Red Sox. Wow. Um, wow. His, his father was in the game for 40 years. So there's some history there. Hey, Man. speaking of name drop, can we uh, drop a name, my boss? Oh, yeah. Matt, let him say hello. Hey, shout out. I'm just going to stop in and say hey real quick, Matt Marketing. Shout out. Shout out. Good What's up, you, Matt? Good to see you, brother. Yeah, so that's fantastic. I know we had a we had a phone call earlier. So I'm I'm a little I wanted to know how all of this got set up. We had Randy Grimes on on the phone, right? Just a little bit. Yeah, ago. and I met I met Randy last year um down in Miami at uh, uh an ASAM event for for treatment. Oh wow. Um, and so, you know, I was representing the company I consult for uh for Net Success USA and and he happened to be there and representing a company he's with and what have you and we just started talking about God and country and America and treatment and, and all came kind of full circle. And, and he said, hey, do you know anyone in the game? And I said, well, actually, I, I work with America's Rehab Campus out in the Tucson area. And yeah, Vance wow. Johnson came up. Wow. <laughs> and so so that was last March. That was about a year ago. But wow. it all came full circle today. Last March? Yeah. Have you been here for over a year already, Vance? Coming up on a year. Dang, that yeah. doesn't even. In, in fact, yeah, it's, it's just, been about exactly a year. So yeah, I just celebrated my year. So you're probably like a year and a month. In a month, exactly. Yep, mm-hmm. year yeah. and a month. It was and, pretty new. And thanks for saying wow. that you had a chance to run into Randy Grimes because he's the one that God used to save me back in the day when I was struggling with my addictions. Randy Grimes is the one that got me in treatment. He played with the Tampa Bay Bucks, right? Tampa Bay Bucks. That's yeah. Right. What a small world to run into him at That's an amazing. event. I, I wasn't going to go and and um, talk to our upper management at Net Success, and then I ended up going down to it. 
And then, uh, yeah, we connected over those two days and just exchanged contact. We've kept in touch. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, so we just gave him a shout. But it's, it's, it's thin threads in life. Hey, yes. You know what's, what I think is really cool? Me and Vance talk about this all the time is the fact it's like you said God, right? So God puts people in each other's lives 100%. for a reason. And it, you feel, I feel like we're a bunch of soldiers here. You know what I mean? Amen. So, so it's awesome that, that those connections are made. Man. We play on the same team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's awesome. So, um Typically, we bring different people in here talking about recovery. Yeah. You know, we've had different walks of life from, you know, police. We've had, you know, jail liaisons, you know, a, a lot of different types of people in the world of addiction. What what brings you here? Like, what is your role in the role? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I worked in education before I was in um, digital marketing and, and all that stuff. But but I've lost three family members um, to addiction. I had a, I had a cousin who, when I was in the second grade, he shot his girlfriend and shot himself. He was on Mm. heroin and that changed my life. I mean, I was, I was eight years old. It was June 16th of 95 and it was all over the news that night. I remember being eight and I I was like, I'll never touch a substance in my life ever. Mm. That was it. And he was my closest cousin. And then, um, my senior year, I lost, uh, another cousin. So it was 10 years later. It was in 05. I was 18 and he was found by my aunt and 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 we think there was some gambling there, but he was found and and OD'd. And then several years later, another cousin who was at treatment in Pennsylvania, he was a soldier and and served this country. He was hit by a vehicle while at treatment. So I, it it makes all the difference in the world to getting folks into treatment. And I believe that God gives us a small window where people are more receptive at times than others. Yeah, to to really help someone. And I do believe that God helps those who helps themselves and with what we're facing in this country, with the amount of drugs and and access to them. And I was actually um, just telling some of the staff yesterday, I myself, even as an athlete, you can see how athletes can become addicted. And um, I tore my my ACL in high school mm. oh. and uh, ba- a basketball player, big softball player. And I tore my, my ACL my, my sophomore year. And anyways... Went to physical therapy and was on the men pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden I went in and my PT's like, you're not even reaching, you know, over 90 degrees. I don't know what's going on with your leg, but like, I, I can't even bend it. And I was like, Greg, it hurts so bad. Mm. So I went home that day and um, all of a sudden I had a red line kind of going up my leg, which is indicative of a major infection in your body. So I went in, um, this is in Portland, Maine, and they cleared out all the staff. I waited in the uh, waiting room for four hours and it was an outpatient sports facility, you know, and they came out and they said, you have staff. And I had had my knee drained. So they were supposed to call me. They never called me. Man. And then they said, look, you have a staff infection. We need to get you into surgery immediately. And when I woke up, I was hospitalized at the Barbara Bush Children's Hospital in Portland, Maine, which is amazing work. I was on a morphine drip, Valium, Vicodin, and oxycodone. And for over 16 or 18 weeks, I believe it was, they just kept offering me script after script after script after script. And I'm like, I don't need this anymore. Like, I don't want this. I want my body to fight the pain on its own at that point. Man. You know, I was already, I had a lot going on um, on the infection side. But you can see how it's not always the people that you run with. I think big pharma and the medical industry, mm-hmm. sometimes our first go-to is, well, let's offer you a substance versus the body working oh, yeah. through it or fighting through it or a holistic or alternative approach. You know, she literally is reminding me of my career because for 10 years, everything you just now mentioned, I, I had to take. Yeah. And so it wasn't until after I ended up, you know, repenting from my sins and turning from that because even when I first got clean, I was still on those meds. It's, and eventually I said, you know what? I'm going to stop taking these meds because just like you said, we need to start denying our body when it comes yeah. to Yeah. 
yeah, it's Thank you so for that. so anyway, so yeah, and I appreciate that, Vance, because the reality is, is you know, whether these doctors are incentivized or not, I mean, they'll just keep pushing it at you, and you can understand quite easily how many people from all walks of life, yeah, young, old, male, female, you you can get addicted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so And how old were you when when you were taking all these? I was I was 16. It was Ooh, my 16. sophomore year. Wow. Um and and I pretty much missed. I I, didn't, I was hoping I wasn't going to have to stay back, but they inserted I still the scar, but I a pick line so it fed up to my heart. So oh, man. I was seeing an infectious disease doctor like walking around with an IV at school. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. <laughs> and I was driving at that point. Like I was a new driver at 16 years old up in Maine and they, here they were just handing me pills. Pills, pills, mm-hmm. and I'm like enough that's so crazy enough. to me especially the fact it's like you're not your brain isn't even developed fully oh you're not at all all these opiates and medications added and stuff nope. i mean real quick when you said enough i think a lot of people listening to this art cast right now are asking themselves so what was it that what made you say enough um i think it's it's drawing a line in the sand of recognizing the the bigger picture that as you work in your life you can work on your life and i'm looking at this and i'm going i'm 16 and i've been on pills for four months over a knee surgery that went south and it went Mm -hmm. bad but this is i'm not on a good track here and And you know we we're kind of the product of the product we are today of ourselves it's the results of what we've done the last 30 60 90 days or years in our life yeah so this is how i am now how am i going to be in the next three to six months or years Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's where we were like you know when she was coming down, how interesting of a perspective you could bring to people that are listening to the art cast because it isn't always boiled down to just some choice. Sometimes there is something that was out of your control, like an injury that can lead to your addiction. And, you know, addiction, I feel like has this stigma around it that you've typically made a bad choice or you're you're living on the streets or whatever it is. And people don't realize that addiction can literally be the result of it of a high school athlete like you, know, you wouldn't pin that on that or you Vance you know on an NFL athlete and that's just it's that's what I, one of the things I love about how we talk on here is that the stigma towards people's opinion of addiction needs to change there needs to be a shift addiction isn't something that calls for judgment, but instead calls for a helping hand Mm, Yeah, because that opens the door and provides that opportunity to hit that, that small mark that you have of influence for someone to decide to go to treatment. And like the strength that took you to know like enough, like this is where I'm drawing the line could have been from what you witnessed from your cousin. Like, you know, like, cause think about it. If you had not drawn that line, would you be sitting here right now? Would you have gone through recovery? Would you be a recovering addict? Would, you know, there's all these questions that we can ask, but like for a lot of people, that is the pivotal moment in their life of like, you know what? Well, I got, I got hurt. And then like we were talking about yesterday, playing the victim because I hurt my knee and because I didn't get to go on to play this, like I just, I'm still on drugs, you know? And like, that's where that strength to come and push through because there are times you're going to need some pain meds. There are some very excruciatingly painful things we can go through in our life, but it's being able to hit that sweet spot and know the limit of, okay, this is to help my pain. And this is now because I just have been taking it. Well, and it's funny you talk about, there's a great song by Casting Crowns, a, a Christian group that's pretty big called the slow fade. And they say, well, it's a slow fade when you give yourself away. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, when I got injured, I started rehabbing at a local um, YMCA in Freeport, Maine. Um, and it was there that I got into lifting. And as a result, when I was 19, I did my first fitness show and I'm a figure pro. So That's I bodybuild. Cool. You know what I mean? That's so cool. you talk about how far it is the east from the west of decisions I could have made, but knowing the background in my own family of if this has happened to other family members, and these aren't bad people, but you can get caught up in situations oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. they get away from you and look at the results. Yeah. And, and that's so, the thing that I that I love to touch on and to continue touching on. Because somebody is an addict, that is not their identity. That is not who they are. That is what's taken over them. Right. You know, addiction is an illness. It should be looked at as an illness. It yeah. should be looked at as like you you have to you do have to have a, a there are scenarios for tough love. You cannot enable an addict. Yeah. But you do not need to cause further harm by doing things. And so being able to to look at it that way. And like like you said, you know addiction runs in your family. I know addiction runs in my family. So I wasn't going to test any boundaries because I didn't want to be that one additional person in my family. And so being able to know that and to be aware of that and to be like have the education on what – like, you know, the things that we're teaching in our schools right now, do they pause to actually explain – how quickly you can become addicted sure. to something like that because they don't. Prescriptions are the answer. Left, right. Oh, you have ADHD. Here's this. Oh, you have. Oh, I don't man. even think that's a thing anymore. I think it's ADD. You have ADD. Here's a script. Oh, you can't sleep. Here's sleeping pills. Oh, here's this. And you've become dependent on something you shouldn't be dependent on. Right. Yep. Well, and pills being a quick fix. I mean, I where I went to college at the University of Southern Maine in Portland. I minored in holistic health and became a certified trainer. Wow. But that idea that if you're depressed, you need Prozac or Zoloft. And it's like, well, maybe you need counseling and to get out what yeah. happened to you early on in your childhood that's trauma. And and when you're tired, rather than taking the pill, maybe you need sleep or maybe you need to meditate or maybe yeah. you need a tea. Yeah. And so you look at these alternative ways that can not only sustain you in the immediate, they're life-building and life-changing habits because you make your choices and then your choices make you. Mm-hmm. That's and great. that's what we're a result of. Mm-hmm. So. You know, like we were just talking right. in the car natural ways for hormone health, like yeah. things that you can do to support yourself. I do, I am a believer that there are situations where medication is needed. There 100%. is depression that is so deep that you cannot do it yourself. 100%. However, explore the other options first. Know, okay, these didn't work, but I tried them. So now I know that medication is what I need. Because yeah. you yeah. don't want someone to be so sad where we're like oh don't don't like we don't disagree with medication when right and guess what i take blood pressure pills so i get it yep, yeah yep like there yeah. are things where you need you need help you need you know that extra boost but you don't have to it's knowing having that discernment mm-hmm. of like okay i've tried these things it didn't work the tea didn't do it for me now what's the options? But it's exploring them first and knowing yeah. knowing those those limits. And I think you touched on something important where you said the quick fix. I mean, you look at any aspect of your life. Anytime you do something quick for those results, it even says that in the Bible. It says that cutting corners will lead to poverty, mm. and hard work will, will you know will lead to being able to. I, I forget the actual scripture. It came out of my Bible app. But I mean, you can never do the quick fix. It's never the answer. You can, and I think minoring in holistic health and and I, as I was telling y'all, you know, coming to Christ is that. Getting at the root of something, a pill may fix the symptom, but what's the root cause to even begin with? Yep. Let's take a look at that. It's getting under the roots of a tree and not trimming a branch of it. Right. So yeah. when we think of that, and I think the thing I've learned in general about Western medicine, 
as a whole, especially with my knee, is the, oftentimes Western medicine, especially in the last 20, 30 years, sometimes their first go-to is, well, let's just give you a pill. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, but what if I want to look at a holistic approach of doing some things that I could do on my own or even um, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy? That's a mm -hmm. big one. Yeah. About well, changing your mindset. And bringing mm -hmm. it back to what we do here at the ARC, you know, ARC is not just, okay, detox, you're off the drugs, now you're gone. It is a holistic approach. Yeah. It is multiple avenues. Clients go through detox first. Then they can go to residential and they do workouts. They do yoga. They go to therapy. Mm -hmm. They do group therapies. They do, there is not a single section of the day that has not got some type of activity to better them overall, looking underneath those roots, getting down to the, to the, bottom and starting their recovery from the ground up. And thank you so much for saying you belong to Christ because guess what you just proved it biblically in Galatians 5:24, those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh and with his passions and desires. So you literally just proved that you belong to Christ. Yeah, it's it's dying to self and denying yourself. Exactly. I mean, I think self-discipline in our society right. mm. and accountability. That's what I love about a treatment facility like this and what you guys do is such a blessing because even if I'm a huge type A personality, which you probably could figure out, but I think people in 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 working with children and recreation and in coaching, they tend to thrive. And I, I believe it as we age, we thrive off structure mm -hmm. with a routine that we can kind of grasp. So we're not just randomly haphazardly going through the day and kind of clawing at something. But yeah. if you can build momentum in someone's life, when we can build some sort of routine that it's a springboard for when they go back out into society and say, mm. okay, I can, I can do this. Yeah. I can yeah. do that. Yeah. That's I heard someone speak years ago at church talking about establishing your bookends to your day. So something in the morning and something in night that oh, I love puts that. everything together for the middle of your day. So yep. like they, they, you know, took it back to, to the Bible. Start your morning with God, end it with God. You're creating those bookends for a solid day. You're laying the foundation. But it's like so true. I mean, just like I told you this morning, woke up at 5 a.m. because I couldn't wake up later because we had to make the drive yeah. here and yeah. getting my workout in. And then, you know, I also sacrificed my second part of my workout so that I could stay in the Bible and Amen. do my morning time because that's equally as important, physical health and my spiritual health. Mm. But spiritual health takes first the first thing so i got up yes. did that first then i did my workout and then you know we powered through that car drive because we put our we made our morning have a valuable bookend to the rest of our praise day. god for that yeah thank you so much for that i was telling um and that's a great point michaela i was i took a course in in college called healing and spirituality and so we were talking about how you get through tough times and different things and the gym for me which was before i came for christ but it was something that and it was a healthy thing, but I had control over it. It was my it was my go to. Yeah. And um, I just think there's something to. I mean, you literally release endorphins when you work out. And I was talking to someone as I do about nutrition and stuff, and they're like, you know, I'm just kind of off the program. And they meant their diet and nutrition and what yeah. have you. And I said, you know, here's the funny thing: the more you work out, the better you want to eat. Absolutely. The better you eat, the more you want to work out. Absolutely. It's the opposite of a vicious circle. It's a great one. And, and who, it's habits. And who brought you into that world of like like working out? Did your family do that stuff? No, not at, not at all. Um, and as a matter of fact, over the years, they've kind of come around, That's you know, cool. to my ways. But but it was really, it was that ACL tear when, like I said, when I had that staph infection and I started rehabbing it 
And with basketball and softball, I just, I was going to rehab it at their swimming pool at the Y because they, mm-hmm. it was an all inclusive place. It had mm-hmm. everything. And so I walk outside and they have the out, the, they have the track and it's surrounding all the weights and they had fitness classes. I was 16, 17 taking ab classes, spin classes, and I started That's lifting. That's great. Wow. And by the time I was 18 or 19, I got certified as a trainer on the side while I was going to college because I was a communications major. Essentially, I put myself through college. I got a D in stats, and I was like, I'm not paying for that course again, so let's pivot. <laughs> so that's that one. So I got certified as a trainer, and I walked in, and, and it was a bodybuilding gym before the CrossFits were really huge. Yeah. We're talking early 2000s. And um, and they said, man, you look like a swimmer or a soccer player. They said, you bodybuild? I said, no. And they said, well, you ought to. Yeah. And I came in, and um, I got into figure when I was 21, and I'll be 36. And so I've competed all across the country. But that's awesome. I just I got into lifting, and, and I was supposed to play softball and had an offer during college, but I it didn't work because I worked full-time. And I went to college, and what I loved about the gym is I could go at – nine at night. I could go at 5 a.m. I could go in between classes at lunchtime. And it's something that no different than yoga or other habits or things we can do. Yeah. You can fit it into your schedule. Mm-hmm. Whereas sports, it's a team schedule. I mean, you're owned essentially. You, yeah. that's it. They got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So it was something that I could get into on my own time Mm -hmm. and establish those routines really. Yeah. And then you learn to get that, you know, that, that time alone, you get to, you know, it just, it, it's like little by little. It takes time, right? But it's like you have to continue and stay repetitive and not give up even on those days that you really want to because it really does help change that. And, a, and another quote that I kind of live by, you're right, Buddha, is is that you act your way into feeling. You don't feel your way into action. And mm. so a lot of people say, well, what do you mean by that? And I say, well, if I act my way into feeling, well, I don't want to go to work because it's 7 a.m. in Maine and it's snowing and it's pitch black. Yeah. But you know what? I made a commitment. And commitment's the thing that you said you do after the mood has changed. Mm-hmm. I gave you my word. I said I'm going to be here. But you know what? When I leave, I put in a full day's work. And then you feel good. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's the same with the gym. And it's the same with eating well. And it's the same with your relationship with your family members. And it's the same with getting clean. Yep. If we let our emotions run us, Oh, well, I don't want to do this or oh, I want to sleep in or oh, you know, I don't I don't feel like going to mm. you know, to discussion group today or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. That's my word is my bond. I made the commitment and I'm going to go. The mood's passed and I don't want to go, but I got to go. Right. Yep. And as believers, we don't live by our emotions. That's like right. That. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. principle based. We make decisions based on principle and not emotion. And sometimes, you know, you're going to be in co- uncomfortable during the journey. You have to 100%. get comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, yesterday yeah. I could barely make it up our, the hill at the New River facility because I worked out my legs so hard the day before that I didn't want to go uphill. I was, but it was, I always say sore so good. Like there are going to be things that hurt, but it's the outcome is going to be so much stronger because they put in the, there are going to be days here on campus that clients, like you said, don't want to do something. But at the end, when they come out and they've got, this new outlook on life and they're sober and they can, you know, clear minded, they can sure. make decisions for themselves. It's going to be worth putting in that work yeah. of being uncomfortable here, you know, because there, there are, it's not, it's not comfortable to unpack your emotions. It's not comfortable to relive past traumas. However, something my therapist said to me that I loved is that when you sort through your baggage and you work through it, your baggage gets lighter mm. because you're addressing 
some of the heavier things in your life. Sure. And once you unpack that and go through it, your baggage is lighter. So then the burden you're carrying is lighter, you know, and it's biblical. Our burden isn't meant for us to carry. We're meant to give it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So by processing it, getting through it, and, you know, Vance is here on campus to talk through, to talk to. There's so many people here that they have a foundation that can encourage you to, to practice putting that burden on the Lord so you're not carrying such heavy baggage, baggage when you get out. Amen. Well, and there's things, you know, uh, you're, you're not, you know, your identity doesn't come from this world. As a Christian and, and believing in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, you're not your addiction. Exactly. Yep. That's right. So before you walked in here, you're not an alcoholic and thereafter, and you're not your job. Mm, yep. yep. Nope. You know? Right. So when people meet and you say, well, I'm not just a football player. No, you're not just a football player. I offer a lot more. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. a, you know, I'm a Christian or I'm, the, it's like, so I think a lot of people, and, and that's where guilt and shame mm-hmm. can come. And because here, when th- we lose those everyone. things, mm-hmm. absolutely. When we lose those things or we're like, so where does our identity come from? Yeah. That a lot of us struggle with that mm-hmm. at some mm-hmm. point in our life. And you talk about being uncomfortable. Think of think of these guys who climb Everest. Oh, They're man. banking on being uncomfortable. <clears throat> the air is getting thinner. It's tougher to breathe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so you think about those things. I mean, even an athlete, my husband in baseball, and I was a softball player. If you pitch the day after, you're very sore. Bank on it. Wow. And that's but that's part of it. That's part of it. Or if I do leg day, I'm sore the next day. Just gotta roll with it. But you know what? I'm gonna stretch. I'm going to drink a lot of water. I might get a massage. Yeah. All those things. So now I'm working on that. And it's the same thing here with getting clean or getting mm-hmm. sober. And I you tell everyone I mean? real quick, and I tell everybody, an identity is not something that's achieved. It's received. Yeah. Because I used absolutely. to think it was going to be you know, achieved. But then I tell people it's like climbing to the top of a ladder. When you get to the top, the only place to go is where? Down. Down. And pro yeah. athletes, exactly right. And pro athletes, we don't climb back down the ladder. We jump off head first. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and another thing too, like... When you're coming in here, you're you've hit rock bottom when yeah. you've decided to yeah. come. But what is at the end other side of rock bottom? You're gonna come up. You're only, exactly. you're only, yeah. you're only coming up. So although coming here and making the decision to come here can feel so low, you're about, like when we see clients and I'm interacting with clients and I'm walking, everybody's got a smile on their face. Yeah. Because yeah. they're on their way up. They're they're feeling better. They're, you know, not giving into their addiction. Like the first few days are going to be hard, but like, I mean, think about it. Some of the yeah. worst storms produce the most beautiful rainbows. Yep. Oh, that's real. So flowers. pushing, pushing yourself to be uncomfortable and, and not placing your identity when we're at our darkest the enemy can just get right into your mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But when you choose to take power of it one day at a time, your mind gets stronger. And Let's- you just now proved, too, when I first got drafted and went, went to Denver, guess where I started at? The bottom. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Like you just now said. Yeah. We got it. It takes time to climb to the top. That's yep. what they call fear, false evidence appearing real. False mm. evidence appearing, appearing real. real. Yeah, fear. Oh, man. And God never gives you that spirit. Um. Well, yeah, Second Timothy 1 7. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. so. Um, and, and I think courage is contagious. So as folks go through the program here, they're 10 days in, 15, whatever the case may be. And they say, hey, my name's John. What's your name? Okay, it's Ashley. You know, w- welcoming someone and say, I was just where you were two weeks ago. And I didn't even think I was going to be here where I'm at today. Yeah. But I stuck it out because I made the commitment. 
Didn't go off my emotions, went off principle, and here I am. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I got a quote I wanted to uh, read to you. It's super powerful, and someone shared it with me recently. And it says, the higher you go, the less oxygen and more brutal conditions you'll face. If you are praying and asking God to make you a world changer, a nation shaker, and someone the world can truly depend on, then you better be ready for all of the resistance training, the pushback, getting wind whipped across the face, and for all the times you feel like you can't catch your breath. It's not always the enemy that makes you uncomfortable. Most of the time, it's God answering your prayers by conditioning you to withstand the elements. Oh, man, I got to give an applause for that one. Yeah, I like that. I love that. It's so true. It is so true. I like that. It's being able, like, people always say, hey, if you pray this prayer, you better be prepared. But if you say, God, use me, like, you better buckle up. Yeah. You know, like, you better be ready because... Use me doesn't mean use me the way I want to to fulfill my purpose. It means using me the way you, you. he has planned. Exactly. You know, like that's right. God God's way is not our way all the time. That's and right. that's that's hard. But you know what? Like like you said, somebody here somebody here could be just enough ahead. And a lot of our staff here has also gone through treatment here. Yeah. So they know exactly what you're feeling. And even though their story may not be your exact same story, sure. they can, you know, relate to you. They can right. empathize with you. They can sympathize with you. They can sit with you. They can meet you where you're at. Yes. So that you can keep going. Some days I'm sure there are people here that are like, oh, I don't wanna, I don't want to go. And their buddy comes and they're like knock on the door and they're like, You ready for group? And it gets them out. It mm. gets them going. That's the beauty of the community that builds here that continues as they go from detox to residential to IOP. You know, there's so many avenues that connect people here. Well, and I think, you know, character isn't only built during tough times, it's displayed. Yeah. And and we don't know which one of our family members, someone else who you're in treatment with or any scenario in life mm-hmm. is saying, man, they made that decision. So I'm going to, I'm not going to do that either. I'm going to stand by them. And, uh, I met Chris Gardner, um, who was in The Pursuit of Happiness, who Will Smith played. And I I met him in Ohio several years ago at a conference. And uh, I said, so your son, he was around that age. And he said, no, Will Smith wanted to use his son. He said, I was carrying an eight-week-old baby through the city. Oh, man. And so you talk about how character isn't only built during tough times, it's displayed. So people are always watching you. That's great. People are always watching you, whether you're on the field, off the field. You know, you just, you, you never know. You never know. I got a great quote for you about character. It says, just like a beautiful picture, amazing character is developed in darkness. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. All like, right. All right. I like that one. You know, um, one of the things that like I find the hardest, you know, here working in this environment is like, you know, we're talking about faith. It's a foundation, you know, having, yeah. having to find something greater than yourself allows you in those tough times. Like Michaela was saying, when the enemy's voice gets loud, if you don't have a faith, if you don't have something that you believe in, how do you teach somebody at that point in their life to move forward when they have nothing like that? They've never been taught that. You know what I mean? That's, that, that, those are one of those things that I try and think about because you have some people that are just so turned off by the thought of something being greater than them. We just live, we die, that's it. And it's like, bro, I don't know how to, I don't know how to help you with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was telling y'all before the, before the podcast, I, I went over to Israel uh, during my senior year of college on oh, birthright, man. which is an opportunity if you're Jewish or of Jewish heritage to go and, and really go to Nazareth and Bethlehem and learn the history wow. of the country. And, mm-hmm. and um, wow. I went in 2009 in March and 
I went with a girl. You talk about a God thing. I had, um, she played softball with me and we weren't overly close, but she got word I was doing fitness shows. So she was two years ahead of me. And I went to such a small school. You always knew who the Jewish kids were at school. There was only a few. <laughs> so, so she reaches out to me and she said, hey, Marnie, I heard you're doing fitness shows. And I said, yeah, I am. What are you up to, Jen? And she said, oh, I'm going to go to Israel. I said, are you, are you going on that program? I, I tried to look it up on the internet. I couldn't find it. And she said, yeah, do you want to go? And she, That's she cool. knew. She helped me get on the trip. Wow. Once we got to Israel, she split. Like we, I hung out with a different group. She hung out with a different group. And, um, you know, to, to have someone sit there, we were integrated with tour guides and this is where Jesus walked and this is where he was born and oh, to go hi. to where he preached the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, I get chills thinking about hey, it. Hey, man, I'm getting chills just listening to you. That's yeah, awesome. Yes. Yeah. And um, to, to many people, it just went right over their head. And I remember just studying the foundation of a lot of successful people and people who had long-term success. And and I believe that some people think, well, there's a lack. So if I'm successful in one area, I can't be successful here. So if I'm a success in the office, it's not worth being, I, I say, it's not worth being a failure at home in your marriage. Yeah, We can be plentiful and successful in all areas of our life. Absolutely. And so um, I recall that. And when I came back, I uh, I got baptized. I got saved as a Christian, and, and one of the biggest verses that ever stuck with me from a, a pastor of mine who came from San Diego, because only three percent of Maine goes to church. Mm, so out of a one point four million population, you're talking what less than what thirty thousand? I mean, not That's, many people go to church. It's wow. probably smaller than a mega church on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Wow! And um, he said, if you Marnie, if you think of your life as a dot, and you think of eternity with Christ as a line. Your life is a dot on that line. Mm. And I want you to ask yourself, are you living for the dot or are you living for the line? Wow. And you have to answer that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Man, when you, when that. you're done. So that, cause if it's just, if it's just for the dot, then I'm going to be a glutton. I'm going to drink as much, spend as much, yep. do anything and everything. If I'm living for the line, yes. I wake up with a different mission. I go to bed with a different mission. Mm-hmm. It's a different mission with, you know, my life and my kids and my work and my church life, all of it. So. And, we know, and we know who the line is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And it no longer becomes just the life that you live. You become a spirit that is like experiencing this life because you have like a mission. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's a it's a completely different feeling and it's it's a beautiful feeling, man. You know, an amazing story. My, my in-laws have told me a story when they went to go to the Vatican. Okay. They went and visited the Vatican. I guess they had wandered off of this group. And they were in this church, this really beautiful church, and they were like, there was this part that was gated off, but they still went down there because they saw like there was stuff down there. Okay. And I guess there was a, a a woman down there that like I was like, hey, you guys want to see something? And they took them down this dark hall, and she said that you know they said that they felt the Holy Spirit like it was just taking over them. They could just feel like the cold and the you know that wow. beautiful feeling you sure. feel when you think mm-hmm. about Israel. Sure. And um, they said that they took them down into this hall and that they showed them this one place, other part down where you're not supposed to go, and they had the thorns or the nails that they put in Jesus. Really. Hands. On a display, and, Ooh, and I uh, get chills. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, they said that they Ooh. both fell to their knees the moment that they saw it. They just uncontrollably mm-hmm. just fell to their knees, man, and just oh, this is what it makes me think of I'll when you talk about that in the Vatican in three weeks. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to try and find. That's it. on my list. Yeah, uh, Dude, I'll see if I. They're can... not on our. That's on. That's on the itinerary, and we're gonna spend at least half of a day in the Vatican, which is just so cool. And what was even cooler, like totally side tangent, but. Um, I actually have jewelry that was blessed in the Vatican 
by some of the like priests and stuff there, which is just, it's just so, you know, like I always think of the beauty of traveling is like you see like all the things that God has created. Like I feel closest to God when I'm traveling Mm -hmm. Uh, just because you're in a different environment. So you're seeing a different beauty than we're used to seeing every day. I see a cactus every day. Yeah. 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 My friend came from Chicago and she touched a cactus. I'm like, you know, you don't touch those. <laughs> My buddy did that. <laughs> you know, too. but like she, that was so cool to her. And so like seeing all of these different things, but then throughout Rome and Italy, their parishes, which all these churches that you can see. And it's like, I mean, I always think of churches now are so different. The me- yeah. the mega church, that was not how church was in the mm-hmm. Bible. And to be able to go back and see the history of what church is yeah. is going to be so eye-opening oh, yeah. because we're getting away from the biblical way of church right now in some places. People are wanting to you know, hit a million followers on Instagram for their church, which could that lead to somebody finding the Lord because they saw your a million followers sure. on Instagram? Probably. But there's a fine line between going for one more for Jesus and going for one more for me, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, so I'm so excited to see the like history of religion in different countries because I think it's a little more well-preserved in other places than it is here, you know, yeah. unless you're on the Bible Belt and then you you see Jesus everywhere through yeah. all these <laughs> magnificent, beautiful churches. But man. I'm going to have to reach out and see if I could find. Maybe yeah. I don't know if it's, but yeah, I thought that was beautiful. There's so many pictures and stuff. Too, All so. the cool things. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, and how lucky you're actually not supposed to take pictures, supposedly, in the Vatican. Like only wow. in certain places sure. that you can, which is so crazy to me. Like, wow. Well, and to springboard off what Michaela said with everything with the Vatican, I know in Romans 12 too, it says, do not conform to this to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think when you come to treatment, I mean, God cares as much about your being as you're doing. And in Western society, a lot of us wrap up all of our own worth in, well, how big's my house and how big's my car or what's, or, or, you know, or what do I make and blah, all this mm-hmm. stuff yes. that is mm-hmm. of this world. And guess what I always ask people when, you, when what you just now said, show me that in the Bible. Otherwise, yeah, you're lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you, it's when you, noise. it's noise. It, it's it meant is. to distract us. It's meant to throw us off. Yep. And, and I think that's why we're even seeing a greater epidemic in terms of substance abuse Dude, than yeah. ever before, because everything that our minds see, billboards, social media, music, you name it, and anywhere. I mean, there are things happening in Utah where people are dancing in front of children in in places, in ways that do not preserve their innocence. And so you think of the younger and younger you get exposed to something like that, what is that going to mean 10, 20 years from now Mm -hmm. in the world of addiction? Because when you look 10, 20 years ago, was there addiction? Yes. Was there addiction like this? I don't think so. Nope. This is yeah. this is new. This is fresh. Right. This is yeah. They say to look at people on fentanyl like they're in uh, in hospice care because it's probably the last time you're ever going to see them. Yeah, like that's how many people are dying. No, from, especially fentanyl, here. I mean, I've lost two friends in the last year and a half from fentanyl, that's and crazy. and one of them wow. wasn't even a, a user using. Yeah. They were sur- they mm. were prescribed sleeping pills, and through COVID, their doctor couldn't refill their prescription. Wow. Because of the the pr- 
parameters set in place by COVID of what warranted you to see a doctor. And they were so desperate for sleep, they bought sleeping pills off the street and passed away from a fentanyl overdose and wouldn't have even known. Like, you, you can't see the amount of fentanyl that it takes to kill you. Like, it's so, Mm -hmm. so microscopic, you know? And that's scary. That's scary for our children who are, like, at school, you know? I mean, this is probably bad, but every every little kid probably tried to smoke a Smarties. You know, you you get the little yeah. it all I had candy cigarettes when I grew up. And, yeah, uh, and mm. think of what now. Okay, so that was my childhood, sure. and I'm almost in my thirties. What is in our children's childhood now? Like, what That's is crazy. the equivalent? Because shooting up is on TV shows, right? All of these things, and it's bec- what happens is the more a child sees this before they're ready to understand right from wrong, it looks cool. You just it's now prove. normalized. Yep, they're already addicted just by watching just it. Just by watching it. Yes. Like, ooh, I want to know what that feels like. Yep. You know, when I was a kid, the coolest thing to look up to, which my parents raised us not drinking around us. So we did not have beer in the house. We did not have anything. The only drink they occasionally had was a margarita, which they made us ices first. So it didn't look yeah, right. different yeah. to us. You know, we didn't know that Smart. theirs had an extra thing in it. So for yeah. me, drinking wasn't a curiosity because it wasn't in my home. Yeah. And it wasn't on TV. You didn't see that in shows like you do now. Now children shows and there's beer on the table in the background of a child show. Like, why are you showing that? Right. You know, and like... There, there's things out there right now where people are joking like, oh, you can't get your kid to take their antibiotic. Pretend to take a shot with them. Well, what's that doing? That's normalizing taking a shot. So then when they're at a party and they're like, yeah, let's do shots. They're like, oh, yeah, I did that with my dad all the time. And then your 14-year-old is blacked out. Yeah, that's scary. And and it's, And I'm not trying to say that people are parenting wrong. When you really need your child to take medicine, you got to do what you got to do. It's rough. But it shows you how normalized things are that lead to addiction. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think between, and frankly, just calling a spade a spade, between big pharma and buku advertising bucks, we have the world pushing on us that the only form of satiation is through more. You're yeah. never enough mm-hmm. on your own. You get that surgery, you do that Botox, you get this, you get that, you drink that, you smoke that, you, oh, you're cool, you're this, you're that. no. No, mm-hmm. no. That's real. Less is often I, more. Yeah. I will say though, there is, you know, I feel like I'm in a very weird age in my life because I'm close to people who are older than me. So I see, you know, generations in front of me that are looking back at, oh, well, when we were kids, you know. Sure. But then I'm still young enough to see what all the kids in college are doing. Yeah. And sober curiosity is coming out so strong. And I'm like, could this be the change that shifts to to help us, you know, stray away from being in such a horrible substance abuse just everywhere, you know, and addictions and all these things? Because kids in college, it's actually cool to be sober curious, to make mixed beverages without alcohol. I mean, companies are coming out with, no like whiskey that tastes like whiskey but has no alcohol and all these things and you know although like I don't think you should substitute something to like put a band-aid over it but what is being sparked in all of these people to be sober curious and how cool that is you know to lead a life I mean there are there are bars opening that are zero alcohol bars 
Yeah. So you can yeah, go out, you can listen to music with your friends, and you have zero temptation around you, wow. which is really cool. Now, is that going to to end addiction? I don't think so, but it puts this buzz in your mind of like ten years from now, what will it, what will a college campus look like? Is it going to be all ragers still, or is there going to still be this sober, curious? group of people that is taking and leading the way of like, oh, well, I get better grades. I do better on my tests. I do this. Yeah. Because we're yeah, being so I, curious. I also believe, you know, give a man a fish, he's fed for a day, but teach a man how to fish, he's fed for a lifetime. Mm. And aside from pills and 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 booze and alcohol, chances are you may encounter a situation or have to deal with potentially encountering a situation that could trigger or take you back to a time when there was alcohol or this. And we don't talk about it as much, but there's a lot of eating disorders out there. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Western society revolves around food. Hey, want to get a cup of coffee? Hey, want to do brunch? Hey, want to do dinner? Oh, Christmas party. Oh, Thanksgiving. On and on and on and on and on. And so there's different things, but knowing and having the tools in your tool belt on how to maneuver different areas and avenues of life, whether it's alcohol, whether it's, Pills, whether it's mar- oh, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. Yeah. Whether it's certain uh, people are addicted to pornography, whatever, gaming, gambling, sugar and flour. I mean, there's a lot of people, and 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 really, it comes down to having discipline and having the tools of saying, okay, so even when I leave here and I'm back integrated into society full time, and this is behind me, what am I going to do when that comes up? Because yeah. I can't run at that point. Now I'm cornered. Mm-hmm. Now what am I going to do? Well, and that's what, you know, ARC touches on continuum, continuum of care. Yeah. Like we have people in our network that care about people coming out of rehab. They want you to succeed. They want, it's like, what is it called? Is it rehab when an animal gets put back into the wild? Like, and they rehabilitate. Yeah, the rehabilitation them. society. Like, and then, it's yep, the same reintegrated. thing for, for for us and for our clients, we want them, we don't want people to be at the ARC forever. We want you to complete the program and go on to leading a life of, of fun, of fullness, embodied with everything that you can do pre-addiction, you know, like, and we have people that will help you get a job, will help you get a home. Vance helps people get into housing all the time. All the time. Like, oh yeah, there, there is never like when, if wh- whomever is listening to this, there is never something that should limit you from coming to get help. Right. There is somebody that will help you with whatever it is. There is somebody that will relate to you with whatever it is. There is somebody oh, yeah. that will hold your hand. Some people need need their hand to be held. I mean, I'm someone that I'm like, oh, I, I need someone to be accountable, accountable with me for the gym. And then somebody is and I get annoyed with them. And I'm like, stop texting me. And then the minute somebody stops texting me about going to the gym, I go to the gym by myself. Hmm. Like that's backwards. But Mm-hmm. knowing what you need and verbalizing what you need so that we can help you because I guarantee you we could make it work. Well, and also I think touching on perseverance, whether you're a professional athlete or whether you're here in treatment or whether you're a young student or whether you're a widowed mom or you're a soldier getting integrated back into society, you know, oftentimes yeah. we'll look to folks who we love and they're athletes or musicians or they're actors and actresses And anyone who's huge, anyone, you look up, they had an opportunity to quit. Mm -hmm. You know, you look at a musician, he went to Nashville, he got denied 27 times, Mm -hmm. went on to do X. Hollywood actor Harrison Ford used to put the floors together on the production stage. 
where look at where I mean you just you don't know but you know what they had it was like the failure wasn't an option yep yep and that's one of those stakes in the ground. And you said, okay, I'm drawing the line in the sand, tossing the rock in the air. Everything before the rock is behind me and everything after the rock, I'm, I'm marching on. Oh, yeah. And knowing and being okay with saying, you know what? Today I'm going to choose treatment. Tomorrow I'm going to choose treatment yeah. again. Because you don't need to look at the whole picture. Absolutely. Just take it one step at a time. Yeah. I think a lot of times we fail because we're trying to take the elevator instead of taking the stairs. We want to just get there. We just want to be at the end. We just want to be at the top. We just want to have the job. We just want to, and we don't want to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the, well, we don't enjoy the journey because yep. we're annoyed that we didn't take the elevator right, when we exactly. wanted to take the stairs. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you've got to do the workout, have your legs be hurting, take the stairs. You're going to like trip and like maybe break your nose, but like you got to keep going. There is a reason why. We have to take the stairs and not the elevator. There is a reason why, like, putting in the time, putting in the effort, putting in the work to just really push forward. Yeah. In and baseball, you know, I mean, in my husband's career, or and I was a softball player, you make millions from failing seven out of ten times. Mm. In school, if you are right seven out of ten times, you're a failure, right? It's a 70 or a C. It's close to an F. Wow. But – I think people think, well, failure's off to the left and, and success and prosperity and all this goodness is off to the right. And it's like, nope, it's all the same path. Failure, there's a rock, boom. Am I going to go over it, around it? What am I going to, it's keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's, it's that path. And so you fail your way forward. I don't care what venture it is. What, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in treatment, if you're an athlete, if you're, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Failure is on that journey. Yeah. It's just those guys, they just keep going. The guy's digging for gold, the 49ers or whatever. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So close, but they didn't quit. Just kept going. Found it. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got to push your way forward. It is. It's one of those things where you just you just got to keep going. And And like you said, you know, there were things in your life that put you, when you were at that crossroad of choosing, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to say enough is enough. I'm going to get off of these medications. Even if you had not made that decision, you still would have had the opportunity to stop later. So there's no like missed opportunity for wanting to go to treatment. You just oh, have yeah. to choose. You one, you have to be ready. But two, you have to choose it and not say, well, I didn't quit last year, so I can't quit now. Yeah. That's not it. You can quit. You just have to choose. And it's not something where you just are like, I'm going to quit it. Like you have to work for it. Oh, it's it's a choice every day when you wake up of kind of dying to self. And no matter what any one of us have accomplished in our own life or someone here in treatment, you may come up and you're in your own head and you're going, oh, God, this, you know, this isn't a great day or whatever. And people come up and go, wow, you really inspired me. And you're like, really? Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know what? It could be someone here who's on day 27 and the guy who's been here three days goes, you know what, man, I probably would have, I probably would have, whatever, yeah. not mm. gone. And the the guy who's 27 days in is like, really? It's like, it's kind of a wake up call that oh, yeah. people are always watching you. And to be, I, I was saying, courage is contagious is to carry that torch. So, man, you know, you know it's, it's definitely true. And, and I think a big part, you know, with a lot of the clients and stuff is, you know, their lifestyle, the way that they live when they're outside of here, it, it's, 
it's very easy to be here and to be in this positive environment because this sure. is the ground that we breed here. Everyone here, you know, whether if we, we come in and we're having a bad day, the clients are going to put a smile on our face and vice versa. Like, sure. you know, where we help motivate each other. And just like the church, that community of being together and, and having the, those same goals in mind. And, you know, all of us have families, all of us have, you know, relationships we got to get back to. That's a huge aspect of it. And I think when a lot of people leave, especially when they go back to the same lifestyle that they're leaving and they're unwilling to make those changes. That's a real scary thing for a lot of people because they're like, I don't know how to cut the bad fruit off of the tree. I don't know that this person is toxic for me. You know, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. So, you know, it it really is one of those things where you got to look at yourself too and, and look at the people that you have around you and see, you know, who's helping motivate you, who's helping and keeping you, you know, helping you grow and pushing forward versus holding you down and stuff. Cause we, you know, we all hold a lot of toxic people in our lives too, at least at one point or another. Well, and and I've been blessed with some mentors and their family, um, Dean and Brenda Bryan. And, uh, you know, I, I believe a mentor and everyone should have one because, mm-hmm. you know, find, get advice from someone who's where you want to be in life. I don't care what it is mm-hmm. with your finances, with God, with your relationships. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't seek marital advice from someone who's been necessarily divorced seven times, and I don't get my <laughs> advice from someone who's from someone on from someone in fitness who's frankly obese. I want to talk to the guy who's fit and say, "Hey, show me what you've done." Yeah, and I want to talk to the guy about football who's played pro football. There you go. That's mm-hmm. just the fact. So, well, they so say you're a product of the five people you're closest to. That's absolutely right. And a yeah. me- yes. And yeah, you can tell a difference of where someone's going to be in the next five years from the books they read and the people they meet. But mm-hmm. a mentor, a, a friend loves you the way you are, but a mentor and an accountability partner, which is what you could have here, loves you too much to leave you the way you are. They yep. see your potential and they just reach in and say, okay, come on, we're going to do step by step. I mean, that's really what well, a teacher is. It's mm-hmm. just like this morning. I mean, Marnie knows that I'm doing as much as I can for my health before my trip. I want to go. I want to feel good. I, I yeah. want to walk. I want to have energy. I don't want to be sluggish. She hops in the car and she's like, I've got breakfast for us. She's like, yogurt and granola, bacon, eggs. And she's like, we're ready to go. And it's like, that is someone who, you know, Marnie, Car- we work together, but we also have a, a weird relation that we came to way later in yeah. life where my sister's, now husband, is her best friend's brother. Little and we brother. found that out, you know, a year and a half into working That's cool. together. Yeah, never knew. Never knew. we oh, realized you know, so we have so. this weird connection and bond. And so we've established now a friendship on top of a working relationship. But she cared enough to know like, hey, okay, we've got this drive. We've got our the podcast recording. We've got this. And she's like, I'm going to bring healthy snacks. And it was like, I was proud of myself too, because I did bring a yogurt in the car so that I would have a healthy breakfast. But then I had a little bit more. And it was like, I didn't have the time to make my full breakfast that I needed, but she filled that gap. And it's like having people in your life that will fill that gap, having people that will recognize the signs of like, ooh, they're kind of off their path a little bit. Or, hey, maybe they're not praying, you know, or hey, maybe they're going out and staying out later and like they're not using but are they close you know yeah. having someone it's that accountability knows partner. who you are and like you said loves you for it like there are there are people i mean that's why we have and i and i've not personally been to it but that's why they have na that's why they have aa you have a sponsor you have someone that's just a little bit ahead of you that's why we yeah. have vance like Community. the stuff that vance has been able to bring to the arc because he has walked through those steps and yeah. he, you know, 
you may not necessarily be a sponsor, but you have a sponsor heart. You have right. that that heart for people. You have a heart to be like, hey, okay, you're struggling. Well, let's pray about it. Or hey, like mm-hmm. here, you know, you have a family member that needs help. Well, where are they? I'm going to go talk to them. Oh, yeah. You know, having people, we have the people here that do that. But then you also meet the people that are a week further into treatment, two weeks further into treatment yeah. to, you know, be that that mentor. We have people, I mean, don't we have people that have graduated the program that oh, are yeah. now mentors yes. and they're still around? I mean, think of Ryan, who was on the podcast, our chef. Oh, yeah. He was a chef in a restaurant, but he couldn't go back to the restaurant industry because that's where he developed his his addiction. Yeah. Well, now he's a chef for a rehab where he's not exposed to what led him to fall in the first place. Absolutely. Like there are opportunities everywhere. And I think that's something that's really cool. And like the diversity of people we have on the ArtCast getting you to come here. Like awesome. we we shed different lights. It's not a one size fits all. Matt always says it's not a one size fits all treatment. It's not. We're not a one size fits all podcast. We, there are so many different ways that people can relate and grow and come to their own healing here at ARC. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and, and you love sports. Somebody may report, like, may relate to that. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and in life, you don't drown because you're underwater. You drown because you stay there. So people uh-huh. can check their shame and guilt at the door. And I guarantee you, anyone who walks in there, chances are they've gone through it too. And you think you're alone. We get into our own heads and they go, well, he hasn't done that. And she has, I haven't done, you know. And we, and we so the four C's, which are super powerful, is comparing, complaining, condemning and criticizing and Mm. dean and brenda used to say try going through 24 hours and not comparing yourself to someone else complaining about something criticizing someone or condemning and then they go try to make it to your car Mm. comparison is the thief of joy oh so literally we come in here and we're like oh yeah well she wasn't in treatment as long or they haven't gone through that or well they've gone through that but they had that edge over me yeah so i mean it's it's Really coming in here, dropping your ego and and giving yourself a break and and shame and guilt, they really hold you back. They're yeah. just prisoners. They're just shackles. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah. and when and your mind is a muscle, like it it truly is. So I quit drinking soda. I'm tomorrow will be four weeks Dang. of no soda. Dang, you, girl. Wow. Which is huge. I mean, Heck I know yeah. you've seen my Chick-fil-A cup. I've known you've seen my Chick-fil-A cup. And <laughs> some of the times I run to the cafeteria to get my Diet Coke from Ryan. And I'll be like, there's my girl. You need your Diet Coke? And like at that point, like <laughs> I realized I kind of had a problem. Now, is that something that's going to affect my health in the way that a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction would? No. But your mind is a muscle. So right. the first two, three days were miserable miserable yeah dude that's but real. now i'm like wow tomorrow's four weeks i haven't had a soda for four and that's weeks. So, and notice how like the more time that you stay away from it the less time that you crave it well and what's oh, crazy that's is that's biblical that's real yes. mm-hmm. but it's like then i was like wow after one week of quitting soda i'm like well if i just had this kind of willpower to go to the gym what would happen but you know what it starts with those one decisions 
I w- I've been studying that we have a doctor coming on who's a naturopathic doctor. Nice. Okay. And she's talking about how it's more of like a hormonal imbalance versus a caloric imbalance. So when we That's eat, right? That's what we were and, just talking and about. think about how much hormones are in the foods, even like with the sugar and flour is just as addicting, if not more than certain drugs. Because when you can have a team of people that motivate you to never want to use heroin again, we love you, but you can't get away from the billboards and the commercials for all of these fast food restaurants and stuff. So No, there's a McDonald's dude, on every corner. For real. But like making that that one decision and then i'm like then i started going to the gym every day then i even went to the gym while i had company in town now i'm going to the gym twice a day because it makes me feel better and do i do an hour workout each time no but i go and i move my body oh yeah and i'm feeling better and it's like when you feel better it's you're training your mind to be positive rather than comparing rather than criticizing rather than complaining doing all of those things and think of a bowl of fruit if the apple on the left gets moldy, whatever is touching it is going to start to get moldy too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to keep going. But if good fruit is surrounded by good fruit, it's going to stay good. Mm-hmm. So it's removing that that mold in your life, whatever it is, that that whatever is getting rotten. You know, you don't – that's why, you know, they trim the trees before fruit season because you don't want to – grow bad food. There's a word for it. I'm not a green thumb person, but you don't want the fruit to grow bad. You want it to grow good. And it's like what, like they say, iron sharpens iron. So put people in your life, like you said, Mm -hmm. that is going to rub off in you in a good way. That's going to lead by example. That's going to push you to be closer to God. That's going to push you to eat healthy. That's going to push you to say like, okay, well, you really don't need pasta this time. Let's have salads. And then let's go for a walk outside. Let's be in nature. Let's be in God's creation. It's the same thing here. Oh, yeah. You push yourself to just go one day further of making just one small change. You don't have to like all of a sudden quit soda, quit sugar, quit bread, quit cheese, quit this, quit that, go to the gym, do this. That's overwhelming. (laughs) Do one thing. Yeah. Choose one thing for yourself. So if somebody's on the edge about addiction or if somebody's struggling you just have to choose to walk through the doors. That's your first choice. Oh, just yeah. come through the doors at dark. Then you have to talk to them. You know, then you have to choose to come to treatment. That's why you act your way into feeling because the feeling before yes. goes, well, I don't want to go. But then you go and you're like, gosh, thank God I went. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's the same thing of going to the gym. I didn't want to get up at five o'clock this morning we, and go walk on a leaving by principle, not emotion. Oh, man. But I knew if I didn't, I'd feel like, not good all day. I'd be like, oh, you didn't do it. And then, but then that opens the door to the enemy. You didn't do it because you're overweight or you didn't do it because you can't fit in your jeans or you didn't do it because you're not pretty enough. Whatever it is that sure. gets in your head. Yeah. But when I did it, I'm like, oh, I did it. I fit into Told my you. old jeans. Good then, for you, man. Then awesome. that is contagious and positivity is contagious too, just like courage. My mom used to always say when she dropped us off to school, and I truly believe this was a pivotal moment for my mindset in my life. She said, compliment two people today. And when you go into school looking to compliment two people, you're not going into school to compare yourself to two people. Yeah, You're looking for the good instead of for what's going to end up being evil. And so when you walk in with the mindset of, I'm going to make someone smile today, well, then that person compliments somebody because they felt good being complimented. And then that grows and that makes good people. We're in this world now where we're forced almost to compare ourselves and say we're not enough and that breeds not happy people yeah there's a which leads to addiction which leads to wanting to numb the pain with alcohol 
which leads to wanting to say, oh, God doesn't love me. And, you know, it's so easy to take that mindset in the world that we're living in. And sure. it's much harder to take a positive mindset. Oh, yeah. There's a really good book called The Compound Effect. And um, I've actually read it twice. I try to read it like literally once a year. The Compound, the, the compound effect. effect by Darren Hardy. We'll write that down. Darren Hardy. And, and, you know, in the book, he says, if you want to sail your life in a new direction, you have to first pick up the anchors of bad habits that have been weighing you down. Mm-hmm. And he also talks about just once a year, because sometimes, you know, you hear drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. Guess what? I'm going to tell you, if you're breathing and sucking air, you got a vice. There's something you're doing. You're Amen. human. You're human. Yep. And so once a year, he will fast from something. It could be social media. And he says... I'm going to make sure that I have control of it and it doesn't have control of me. Mm-hmm. It could be unplugging from your cell phone. Yep. It could be uh, fill in the blank. I mean, look at kids in social media. Look at someone in spending, shopping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be, I told you, it could be, it could be pornography. Stress. It could be it money. Could... It could be gambling. It could be drugs. Could be fa- it doesn't matter. Fill in the blank. Yeah. But to, to understand that you actually have control over it and it, doesn't have control over you. You just gave some proof on, and, and that's why I was just listening to you guys, because when I first got clean, my social media, I had over 29,000 followers, and I did everything that was coming out of your mouth, from the pornography, from the dating and the drugs and everything. I was just really all into that because yeah. they had control over me. But you know what I did? I went on social media and said, I'm shutting this page down. Mm-hmm. And I literally told everybody why, and I was repenting from it and told everyone that was following me that I was doing those things with, don't follow me on my new page because otherwise I'm going to have to block you. Yeah. I'm telling you. Wow. I mean, it's in, a po- yeah. That's accountability though, Vance. Yes, exactly. In college. I, I called myself out, the old yeah, me. Yeah. In college, I got diagnosed with Lyme's disease. And for a few months, I let that diagnosis be my new identity. I yeah. let, you're sure. sick. You don't feel good. You're attached to an IV pole. You, you know, because I mean- it's very hard to live a normal life when you have a tube coming out of your chest. I mean, I tried to unload the dishwasher and all of a sudden the blood's coming out instead of going in, like yeah. with the IV. Oh, and one day I woke up and I was like, you know what? I have limes. Limes does not have me. Mm. I choose how I walk through this struggle, you know? And for me, my like time of being not in remission, so full active limes was very short compared to my family members because we lived in a place that deer took were present. But what it gave me was the ability to understand what my family feels who's still dealing with sure. it. Sure. And you never, people don't understand, you know, just like somebody with an ACL tear, somebody will be like, but you don't understand how bad it hurts. I need the medicine. You can step in and be like, I do know how bad it hurts. Mm. I was there. You know, Vance knows what a concussion feels like. He can step in and be like, oh, but the headaches are horrible, but they get better. Mm. You can provide that that positivity to go and let it not define you and not take over you. And that's what's that, like you said, it's it's a mindset thing of like not letting something, too much of something is not a good thing. You know, any, I mean, it's in the Bible. Access of anything is unhealthy. Sure. Like having too much an abundance of something can lead money, food, yeah. necessities. Having yep. too much of it is a bad thing. Having too much money and not giving a tenth. You like when you get to the point where you're making so much money and you're like, oh, I don't want to tithe because if I make a million dollars, I have to tithe. Is it like 10000 100000 $100,000. Yeah. <laughs> My quick math is not working today. <laughs> That's a lot of money. $100,000 is a lot of money. But it's no different from somebody that's making $10,000 and giving 1000 
Well, and that's what, um, you know, when you when you think of treatment, we, we kind of can find, and again, people go, well, drugs and alcohol. And I go, well, what about pornography? What about shopping? What about mm-hmm. money? What about gambling? What about social media? You want to talk about some addiction? Look at some of these kids on social media today. Dude. I've been with some of my girlfriends and best friends, or I've been out to eat with my husband. And if you pull an iPad away from a seven-year-old, because <laughs> that's what they, they will freak you. Talk about withdrawals. Yeah. This is... At, at a societal level, mm-hmm. quick they can fix. start to twist. Quick fix. And Dude, so there's an endless crazy. amount of addiction. And I think sometimes the shame and get, well, it's like, well, there's no shame in being addicted to your phone. Oh, yeah. Like, there are no, I mean, so everyone has something. And no one mm-hmm. here who is here <laughs> is alone. We, yeah. were at, we were at Disneyland for Christmas. And this girl, when we went to Space Mountain, we got up to, you know, it takes a while to get to the rides oh, and stuff. Oh, it's right This up girl, when we pulled up, she's like this at the line. And she's doing all of these different things. And she would like stop and do like all of these <laughs> different things, right? And I'm and I'm sitting there like as far as like I am from Michaela, and I'm just kind of like, like not trying to be judgmental, but I wear it on my face, right? Influencers I'm just like, what? Influencers in the wild. She probably got like 10,000 followers. This girl's an influencer. Right, 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 right. We get on the ride. We come back, and I swear she was still there trying to get like this picture. And I was like, Perfect dude, shot. so much time wasted just with your stupid phone in your face. Sorry, I just I thought that was funny. It made me think about that it's when you said true. that. It's so it's true. true. Well, and it's self, it's self-indulgence. You know, I talked to my husband about that, and we'll go on trips, and I'll be taking photos and things like that. And he says, you know, Marnie, life is up here with your eyes. Mm. It's not down on your phone. Yeah. Life is up here being lived. And when you look back on this moment, you can always be on your phone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can always have that drink. You can always have that drug. That's not life. That's real. That's not life. You know, it's so important for us to have positive you know, things in all aspects of our life, the food that we eat, our activities, mm-hmm. the people we have around us. In the book that we're that I was telling you about, she talks about how the vegetables nowadays that we grow, if you don't get organic, they don't have the types of nutrients that the that the fruits used to. And the reason is is because that soil doesn't have all of the things inside of it that it needed to make healthy vegetables. Sure. And when you think about it, fix yeah. And again. when you think about it, even with your brain, right? For you to grow something beautiful, your inside has to have all of these different things from all. All of these different parts for something to grow and be healthy. Most of us will get rid of an addiction. Oh, let's say drugs, for example, but we're eating a whole box of cookies in one sitting and then we're watching TV for six hours a day, gaining all this weight, wondering why we're still mm-hmm. unhappy, why we're still not feeling fulfilled in our life and our purpose. Well, and, and you you are what you eat. It's not just with food. If someone's watching news 24-7 and they're pushing oh. out fear, fear, mm. fear, fear no, of this, you. fear of that, lack, lack, lack. People, you walk around, you talk to someone, and an apocalypse is coming this afternoon at five o'clock before the breaking news. And, it's and they're like, genuinely, they're genuinely living wow. in in fear. And so you are what you eat. So if you, you know, garbage in, garbage out, it's the same thing. So drugs in, you're, you're feeling lousy about yourself, oh. whatever, the people you keep. It's the same thing when you get clean. It's the same thing when you eat right. It's the same thing when you work out. Yeah. You know what? And you're welcome to cut this out, but I'm addicted to my phone, but guess what I'm addicted to? The Bible app. Bible app. Oh, yeah. Or the things in the world. Copyright. Courtesy, the the Holy Bible. We're going to get this uh, strike down on YouTube, Vince. Did you hear that part? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Mm. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. That's what I'm addicted to. God's word. Mm-hmm. Hey, hashtag Vance don't sleep. Vance don't sleep, all right? I don't. Never sleeps. No, I don't. I just stay in God's word 24-7. <laughs>
<laughs> That's awesome, man. This is this has been fantastic. So, what's uh, do you have any kids, Marnie? I don't. I have cats. I'm I'm hey, it's all right. a crazy cat lady, which no, everyone here knows. So. I want. I was going to ask you your opinion on that because what you guys were talking but about earlier. I've worked earlier. with kids and have nieces and nephews and and have babysat. I have a huge family and like I said, coach. And I worked for the city of Portland in Maine and did um, before and after care recreation. So I'd wow. manage a group of forty or fifty kids at an elementary school K through five in the morning, seven eight thirty, and then three to five because I was at classes during the day in the afternoon and. um you know, even parents coming in and society of they're on their cell phone and they're coming in and the parents go, Marnie, I don't want to go home. Uh, yeah. You know, well, you because see, the parents are not, are, they're tuned out. Well, know? and you That's see so these days kids going, like they're playing, like their mommy and da- daddy and they're like, yes, hello. Okay, I can take a meeting at this time. And they're playing work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah they're not even being know, like, like a creative mindset of a child. Yeah. yeah. It's Man. so, so interesting. But it's been, it's been so amazing to have your perspective and to just shed a light on a totally different part of addiction because addiction is not just in homeless communities. Addiction is not just in bars. Addiction is everywhere. everywhere. Addiction is everywhere. Everything. And we, I've said it before. Everyone has a hurt habit or a hang up. My mm-hmm. pastor used to say that. And we, we all have our vice. We all have something. Diet Dr. Pepper was mine. Sure. Not anymore, but it was. And oh, it's yeah. like, that's big. You know, you stopped eating sugar and flour. Yep. That's big. These little changes change our future. And that's where, you know, ARC really is pushing to not just put a Band-Aid over the addiction, but actually rip the Band-Aid off, get to the bottom of it, and fix the problem. And never underestimate a, a decision that looks, you know, mediocre in the moment because a blessing came out that gave me the courage to stand up and speak up and show up from losing three cousins Man. to addiction. So, okay, I didn't struggle with addiction, but you darn, I, I learned from it. I learned mm-hmm. a lot from it because yeah. I was watching too and I was a young Absolutely. Little girl, you know. Mm-hmm. It's hard, man, having to see people that they lose that potential. I mean, a, a human life is so precious. Amen. And to know that yeah. something like that, someone can take their life or because of a moment where the enemy's in their ear and making them feel like they're never going to get out of that, you know? And and I don't know about you guys, but I've experienced some stuff in my life sometimes where I'm so grateful at that moment in my life. You know, it's it's miserable. I feel com- I was talking to my brother-in-law about a time in my life where I felt suicidal. It was one time in my life, right? And um we were talking about how, you know, I look at that situation now and I'm so far from it. And I thank God every day for those situations that happened that made me feel that way because that was one of those parts of my life that really challenged me and allowed me to grow to a whole new, different and faithful person that I am today. You know, so I mean, it, what you're feeling right now is does not make you. It no. doesn't make you and, and it will doesn't define you either. Just keep pushing forward and never give up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Never give up. Man, this is this has been fantastic. Thank you, Miss. Yeah, Martin. it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. This has been another very special episode of the Rcast. Give it up to Miss Marnie. Thank you so much for coming down here and, and speaking with us. You're an amazing speaker. This is going to be great. I can't wait to share this episode with the world. For everyone out there, stay strong. Stay strong. Keep God in your life. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. You know, even when nobody else sees it, doesn't matter. You keep pushing every single day. And little by little, man, you're going to get to where you need to go. For everyone out there, have a beautiful week. Much love. And God bless. We'll see you next week. Peace.
What's going on, everybody? This is Buddha from the Rcast, and I just wanted to thank you for checking out this week's episode. It means a lot, and if you could share it with a friend or a loved one, somebody you need in recovery, or maybe somebody who just needs that little bit of extra positivity in their life, we'd greatly appreciate it. If you would like to join us here on the Rcast, either in the studio live or online, hit us up. The links are down in the show notes of this episode, and on there, you can find direct links to our main website here at America's Rehab Campus and all of our social media platforms. Follow us. We keep the posts positive and motivational focused on recovery, health, and wellness. As you know, in this modern day and age, we need as much love as possible, y'all. And as always, if you or somebody you know is in need of substance abuse treatment, please don't hesitate to give us a call. We're open 24 hours a day, and our direct phone number is 1-833-272-7342. Once again, that phone number is 1-833-272-7342. I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day. Much love, and God bless. Peace.